Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I've been asked by several parents recently to do an episode on this podcast about lying. And I want to thank the parents who have emailed me to suggest different topics for episodes. Much appreciated. Keep them coming. Okay. So as I prepared for this topic, I realized quickly that there's a lot that I want to share. So due to the multiple requests to cover this topic, and also because of how much I want to cover, this topic will be a two-parter. So for the first part, I'm going to be focusing on getting a better understanding of why young people lie. And in part two, I will discuss what you as parents can do about it. Okay, so let's get into the why. And I decided to make this part one because understanding the why will help to determine what you as a parent can do. That's in part two. And not only that, if you can figure out the why, you will most likely be able to connect with that why. That is to say, you might be familiar with that why, that motivation within yourself. And once you have that connection, you'll be more likely to respond to the lying with curiosity and compassion, as opposed to react to the lying only with concern, followed by commands and some consequences. And on that, do know that I'm not saying consequences shouldn't follow lying. Not at all. But I'll get to that later. Okay, so while preparing for this episode, I found this great resource on the why. Why do people lie? It's from Tim Levine, who has done a significant amount of research on the topic of lying. A link for his work will be in the show notes. All right. So Levine breaks down the reasons people lie into four categories. Those categories are, first, to protect yourself. Second, to promote yourself. Thirdly, to impact others. And finally, there's a category labeled unclear. And Levine made this great pie graph of sorts, to break down each of these. And he also provided the percentage of usage that each category, or the why behind the lie, that each category makes up overall for people in general. So to start, that category of to protect yourself, this makes up 36% of the lie pie. I don't think he calls it that, but I like the sound of it, lie pie. Anyway, the second why, to promote yourself, makes up 43% of the lie pie. To impact others, that makes up 11%. And the unclear category makes up 9%. And he goes on to break each of those four down further. The protecting yourself why is broken down into two categories. And I'll keep sharing the percentages for those of you who like to know the numbers. So the bigger the two is to cover up a mistake or misdeed. This is labeled personal transgression. And it makes up 22% of the total why. And the second subcategory, under to protect yourself, is avoidance, to escape or evade other people. This accounts for 14% of that why total. Next, the category of to promote yourself. And this is broken down into four subcategories. They are economic advantage, which is to gain financial benefits. This makes up 16%. Next is personal advantage, which means to bring benefits beyond money. That's 15%. Then self-impression, this means to shape a positive image of ourselves, 8% on that one. And humor, making people laugh, 
And that accounts for 5% of the total. And the third category of this lie pie, to impact others, that is broken down into three parts. Altruistic, meaning to help people, that's 5%. Malicious, so that's to hurt other people, that's 4%. And social or polite, meaning to uphold social roles or to avoid rudeness, that accounts for 2%. And the final category of the four, which is named unclear, this is made up of unknown. So that's about the meaning, the, the motives are unclear, even to ourselves. That accounts for 7%. And finally, finally, pathological, to ignore or disregard reality, which makes up, thankfully, only 2% of this overall lie pie. All right. So I wanted to share all those details, mainly because I, I think it's just interesting, but also because I found that parenting advice articles on this topic they don't really break down the why in such a thorough and research-backed way. And I do want to be sure to point out that this research wasn't done only on youth. So yeah, it's likely that the percentages of each category may be different for those in the developmental stage of childhood and adolescence, but the categories or the whys of the lies, these are all the same for adults and youth alike. So what some of those may look like in the life of your child, well, it, it could be that your child lies to avoid punishment or getting a consequence from their school or from their parents at home. Or it could be that they tend to lie to avoid getting attention from others. So avoiding being embarrassed, avoid an awkward situation. Or it may be the case that their lying isn't about avoidance, but instead is motivated by attainment, attaining or getting attention from others, most likely in the form of acceptance or even better, admiration from their peer group. But whatever it may be, we must first gain a better understanding of the why before moving into the try. The try being what can be done to address and influence that lying behavior. And a quick note, specifically, on the why that most parents and school staff have been seeing this school year. That being, students lying about things that are related to the academic expectations of their schooling. And on that, I'll say this. With the remote and hybrid learning models and the shifts from one model to another, which are sometimes sudden shifts, all of this has made lying easier. And in a way, lying has proven to be a more effective approach. I get it. That might sound a bit off, a bit wrong. But I think Levine says it well when he says people lie to achieve a goal. And during this unprecedented school year, for many students, the act of lying has become more appealing due to its effectiveness in achieving the goals of avoiding attention or avoiding being held accountable and avoiding the experience of receiving a negative consequence. I do want to say most schools, in my opinion, have done their best. But if we're being honest, we have to see that this drastic shift in the delivery of school has provided ample opportunities for our students to increase the lies that fall under the whys of avoidance. And I can't even imagine how difficult it must be for parents and school staff to figure out if a student's avoidance or academic difficulties are a result of something based in fact or fiction. For example, is Billy's poor virtual attendance and engagement a result of having spotty Wi-Fi? Or is it really about Billy using a new and effective way to be able to sleep in or watch YouTube videos instead of participating in his virtual classes? This year, I've heard numerous accounts about how exceedingly difficult it has been for parents and teachers to know to actually know if they should believe that the child slash student did in fact turn in the assignment. 
you know, it's, it, it's just not showing up in the portal because there's an issue with that uh, technology. Or if this is a flat out lie, a lie that allows the students some extra time to turn in the project, the one they've been procrastinating on. So I wanted to make that point that even though parents and schools, in my opinion, have been doing their best to make the most of these different models, I hope we can agree. It has created more, let's say, um, opportunities for our youth to apply the why of lie known as avoidance. And this isn't new, by the way. I remember in college, like a few of my friends would uh, attach a corrupted file to an email or portal thing instead of attaching a completed assignment. They did this because it gave them an extra day or two to actually do the assignment. A little tech trickery, if you will. Which, by the way, if you're wondering, I didn't do. Main reason being I wasn't uh, tech savvy enough to pull it off. And I think just saying the phrase tech savvy indicates a lack of tech savviness. All right, but back to it. I just wanted to make the point that this why of lie isn't new. I guess you could look at it like it's, It's just that the old, my dog ate my homework, has been replaced by a more complex and convincing explanation this school year. And on that, just take a moment. Think about it. Did you ever lie to avoid school-related consequences when you were in school? At any point, did the why of a lie ever win out over the why of don't lie, known as being honest or having integrity? Was that ever the case for you during your schooling? Now, if you never fell victim to any of the whys of lies, I hope you take a moment, several moments, to give yourself a well-deserved pat on the back. But if you're anything like me, and I would say most others, if you were willing to participate in this reflective exercise, you will likely be able to remember at least one occurrence where honesty didn't seem like the, the best choice. So you instead focus on the appeal of a particular why of a lie. I know when I did this exercise, when I headed down my own memory lane of lies, I remembered a go-to of mine that is quite laughable. So during my senior year of high school, I was occasionally, that's not true, I was consistently late for school. Because of this, I was put on an attendance contract. So instead of getting up 15 minutes earlier, I decided to employ a different tactic to avoid further consequences. So what I would do is after strolling into North High, 10, 20, 30 minutes late, I would tell the kind attendance lady that I was late because of traffic. Makes sense, right? Not really. Uh, Not at all, actually. Because I went to North High School in a place known as Fargo, North Dakota. And 20 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of traffic on my way to school. Just say that. But that didn't stop me from justifying my tardiness with an explanation and description of the heavy, I mean really heavy, bumper to bumper and congested traffic on those mean streets of Fargo. And after thinking about it, I'm I'm pretty sure the attendance lady probably knew what was up, but I continued to lie because it worked and it kept me from receiving further consequences. All right, enough story time. So, That was a bit about the importance of figuring out the why of your child's lie. But on this topic of the why, I'm not quite done talking about it. Because in my research on this topic, I didn't find anything about the importance of parents thinking about and gaining a better understanding of their own why. That being, why does the parent want to confront and change their child's lying behavior? Now stay with me here, because I can imagine many of you are thinking like, what? Excuse me? 
the reason I want to confront and address my child's lying is because lying isn't good. It's bad. And yes, you are correct. But please ask yourself, is the main motivation for this intervention, does it come from your own feelings? Feelings of aggravation, irritation, anger, frustration, or even bitterness towards your child? Are you motivated to to confront their lying because you're fed up? Fed up with the blatant disrespect that they show you by continuing to lie, sometimes straight to your face? Or is it about the fact that lying is a pet peeve of yours? If any of those are the primary reason for confronting and intervening, well, it's likely that the intervention that will occur will not be much of a conversation, but instead will look a lot like and be experienced by your child as a lecture. A lecture that finishes with a threat and or consequences. And I'll say it again. I'm not saying consequences aren't warranted or helpful. But when the primary reason for parents' motivation to confront and curtail their child's lying, when that comes from the parent's own need to avoid feeling things that they don't want to feel, if, when that's the case, the message we send to the child is that we need them to change their behavior for us. They need to stop lying in order for them to remain in our good graces. And while at times it is important to share the impact your child's lying has on you, it's my strong belief that the focus should be directed towards how lying can be and will be detrimental to your child's well-being, their personal well-being, and also just how damaging it can be to their relationships, not just in their house, but outside of their home. And next level, I think it's helpful when parents view their child's lying as an opportunity, an opportunity to have a conversation with your child. So there you have it. The why of starting with the why. So I hope that was helpful. And I hope you do come back and listen to part two, which will be dedicated to what parents can do when they're concerned about their child's lying. And this part two will be released Monday evening. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.